Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Buckets. That's the name of my boat. Buckets. 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 What we get. Not the only transfer we got from Florida. Keith Stone, too. Remember that. Adidas. Release this in a hoodie. You know, we all make mistakes. He might have made one going to town. Let's see if y'all don't know. Dribble to the left, cross over to the right. Hurricane to the game, many buckets for the night. Matt with the pick and roll, Melissa with the give and go. This shelly you, pretty girl dunking in the hole. Check the scoreboard, this what we fall for. Peep the gameplay, you want an encore. Yeah, over time for another round. It's buckets out the buckets, baby. You out of town. It's buckets. What it is, homie, it's buckets. We get buckets. Yeah, baby. Buckets. 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 I have no shame. I know. That's the problem. You guys are awesome. But anyways, I don't know if you saw, but we got a guest in the waiting room. So should we bring him on? He's very punctual. Very I punctual. Know. I told you. I told you, my guy is punctual. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey. What is going on? We are What's now going joined on? by my guy Julian Gamble. Julian, man, how you doing? It's been a while. It's been a while, man. I'm doing pretty good. I'm just uh winding down dinner and about to get these kids in the bed, and get ready for another early morning. Oh, there you go. There you go. So you just got back from overseas, right, man? So what was what was the first thing you were looking forward to besides obviously seeing your family? What was the first thing that you're like, I gotta I gotta do this? Maybe a food spot or something? Yeah, the first place I went to was Cracker Barrel. Um, there you go. I'm, I really missed like American breakfast. I mean, they had a couple of spots, and, and Israel definitely with the food was was probably one of the more quote unquote Americanized places. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was missing them pecan pancakes, man. I had to go there immediately. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome, man. You know, we were going to save this for the end, but since you brought up food, there's a, a very large debate that me, myself, and Vishu's in the background uh, have mm-hmm. discussed over the past few weeks, the debate between Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. So are you a Chick-fil-A guy or a Popeyes guy? I'm a Chick-fil-A guy because they have <laughs> breakfast and they have lunch. I don't. I, I thought the Popeyes maybe even have added uh breakfast now but i'm not 100 percent sure i mean since they put the chicken sandwich in play i think it's changed everything for them but i just don't know how you could go against chick-fil-a mm. you just broke matt's heart julian, i'm sorry man. i I'm thought sorry, we were boys man. we are we are but i'm sorry man i'm sorry julian just okay. remembers me from the general mission stands back in that 2012 2013 season I was the one always standing next to Nate. I know you know Nate for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. That was a, a fantastic time. Man, it's crazy that that was 11 years ago, you know, when that season started. But, um, yeah. I mean, we still hold on to those memories, very precious memories and times, you know, in the 
at that time, the Bank United Center and, and everything that we went through throughout that entire season. You still talk to the boys, all the guys on that team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Shane is the godfather of my youngest son. Um, oh, Ryan is the godfather of my oldest son. And I have okay, three. So, so my middle, yeah, my middle son, uh, his godfather is different. But, um, yeah, I mean, I still keep in contact with them. Like, I literally talked to Shane a few hours ago. I, I talked to a lot of those guys. Like, we, we've stayed in constant contact over the years. Well, tell them they're invited on the show anytime. Oh yeah, we can absolutely. Do a I will. I know that's <laughs> right, man. We did one. We did one with uh with Josh and Joe. Yeah, Z. Josh Darrow. Yeah, so that was pretty cool, man. I mean, just to be able to see some of them. Like, obviously, everybody wasn't able to make it, but like, it's just tough because we have guys in so many different time zones. I mean, when I was yeah. over in Israel, I was seven hours ahead of East Coast time. So yeah, this this what we're doing right now would be impossible if I was still overseas. Yeah, I yeah, still remember when I interviewed you a while back, and I, I think it was like my lunchtime, and it was like late at night for you or something. Right, um, right. But no, man, that's that that's that's awesome. Um, it's funny you mentioned you know talking to all the guys. I was actually just talking to Duran today because I was trying to get him to come on. He just got back from playing in Spain, so it's yeah, it's kind of it's cool to see where you guys all are, you know. Right. I mean, again, like another, I was still talking, I was talking to Duran when he was over in Spain. I know he was out there in second league, you know, just trying to get his legs back up under him and be healthy. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. 100% of brotherhood. Um, Gary Adams just recently got engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Quigtar got engaged a couple of months ago. So like, Oh my I'm God, I forgot about the, Quiggy. Yeah. One of my I mean, favorite I'm, walk-ons of all time. Of all time. <laughs> I mean, I experienced some of the best walk-ons, I think, in the history of the university, for real. Because even in my earlier days, we had uh, Jonathan Stratton and Landon Stratton. Glover. Stratton. Stratton. So, Stratton's I mean, a legend. Yeah, Stratton's I mean, those legend. guys like that. So. And then Quigtar coming after them was like a very big void to fill. But he filled it. He filled it. I mean, he definitely became like a very, very big part of our team. No, I remember being a student and the, the We Want Stratton chance towards the end of games was right. insane. It would go from like the five-minute mark on. Um, oh, yeah. So our our boy Vish is in the background. Unfortunately, he's not feeling well. That's why he's not on the show. Uh, but I okay. sent him some some photos that I hope he's listening and will and pull up because I've been a season ticket holder through from I, when I graduated in 08 through all of these seasons. Uh, so okay. I still live in Miami. You can see some of the merch in the background. Uh, but do you yeah. remember posing for this photo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of like an impromptu kind of thing. I don't even think that it was at the very beginning of the season because it was like as we were about to get ready for the tournament. Oh. And, I mean, this is kind of more or less a little bit of the personality of that team. Like, you know, throughout that entire run, people ask a lot, like, how are you guys from the day to day? Like, we weren't thinking about winning 15 in a row and being all the way up to number two in the country. Like, we were just kids having fun with our brothers. Like, we spent so much time together in that off season, literally committing to staying first and second session in summer school. And I think once the season came, even though we had adversity early on, we never lost confidence in ourselves. We never lost the coach L and the staff never lost confidence in us. And once we started to click, it's like, okay, this is what we work for. And now it's time for us to more or less walk in our destiny. Yeah. I remember that season y'all lost to, uh, I think FGCU early in the season. I yeah. Believe. We lost, Yep, we lost to and them, and we that, lost on Christmas Day to Indiana State in overtime yeah. down in Hawaii. 
And I and people people were talking trash enough. It's just like people were injured. Duran was injured one game. Reggie was out one game. And I'm like, this team. I'm telling you, all the seniors on this team, when they come together, it's gonna be special. And yeah. and you saw it. Um, Vish, bring up that. Can you bring up that next one? Do you remember this Duke game when y'all yes. rushed when the when the, <laughs> yeah that probably I mean, that, the most electric uh, atmosphere ever at that arena. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, to even to think back to like the day previous to that. Um, we had just gotten to the top 25 and they were number one. So, mm -hmm. you know, fans were literally after shoot around, which is, I want to say maybe like 12 o'clock on the day of the game, mm -hmm. fans were already wrapped around the building. Like, and they had yeah. the, the lines going zigzagging all over the place outside. And we went outside and took pictures with them. And, you know, we were talking to them and thanking them because at the university, especially in my earlier days, like you kind of had to beg students to come to the game because yeah. in a city like Miami, you know, there's so much to do. There's so much other things to do. And from an academic standpoint, it's not the easiest school to, to be in. So you have mm -hmm. to kind of be locked in more or less. And, and it's just a, a fantastic moment. I mean, everybody always came out to see Duke and Carolina uh anytime that they came down to Miami but you know this I felt like was our time to like really make a statement and we definitely did that from the from the get-go I mean y'all pretty much led from almost the tip oh <laughs> I I have a lot of pictures because like I said I was at this game uh those right. are all signs made by myself um very nice you notice the Julian's block party <laughs> yeah <laughs> you were you were quite one. known for your your defensive your defensive play back in the day but I remember when you and Reggie were on the court at the same time it, mm -hmm. it was it was pretty electric down in the paint um yeah. and then there was one more Vish pull that one up um I was I was sitting in general admission at the time so these are pictures from across the court. Uh, but mm -hmm. when y'all clinched the ACC regular season championship and you guys got to cut down the nets, it's a great picture yeah. picture of your backside. Uh, but do you remember 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 this day? Kind of really the first time UM won an ACC regular season. And Absolutely. Cut down the nets? Um, this day was and it's it's crazy that like of course I knew we would bring this up, but just to give a little history. Um, so in Herzliya this year in Israel. One of my teammates was Robert Carter, who was a freshman on the Georgia Tech team that we played the game previous to that that beat us on the tip end at the buzzer. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he's like, you know, I remember when we beat y'all because we hadn't lost at home the entire year. And thinking back on that moment, I'm happy that that happened because that gave us an opportunity to on senior day clinch the regular season in the Bank United Center with all of our families being present. Um, my mom was there. My nephew was there with me. Um, so it was just a very special moment. I mean, playing against another one of my very close friends to this day that played on that Clemson team, uh, Devin Booker. Um, you know, we, we talk about and reminisce on that stuff sometimes. But, you know, a team like Miami, like it's never the, the team that you're picking or the guys that you expect to win. And I think this is just a, a huge testament, not only to our hard work, but the culture that Coach L was starting to build at the university that now, you know, this recent year, we've seen a Final Four run. Like, it, it, this is a culture that's been built from year after year, and I think it's really starting to further, further go into fruition where we really can get to a point where we're going to be national championship contenders. Was it, yeah. was it a, a hard transition going from – because, like, you came from North Carolina uh, to, to play at Miami, which is a, obviously big ACC country. 
Um, and yeah. you were recruited by Coach Haith. Was it a hard transition going from, from you know, playing in North Carolina to coming to Miami and then switching coaches during your time here? Uh, not really. Um, I'll say that just because, like, I grew up around ACC basketball. So I always wanted to go to the ACC, and I wanted to go to Carolina. That was my favorite school growing up. Um, I was getting recruited by them, but I didn't get an official offer. I got an official offer from NC State. And I also didn't want to go there because there was a guy that was on my AAU team that was an All-American, McDonald's All-American, J.J. Hickson, that was going to NC State. And they wanted us to come together. And for me, I was a guy that, like, really came on late and kind of made my name in a very, very difficult uh, high school class. Um, Just to give myself an opportunity to play in the ACC, I wanted a change of scenery. Um, Really, when I went down to Miami for an AAU tournament, which kind of changed my life because I played against uh, J.J. Hickson and a couple of other guys that were like top 50 in the country. And when I tell you this was like the craziest 48 hours of basketball of my life, like we literally drove from North Carolina down to Miami 12 hours and got out of the car that morning and played a game like 15 minutes later. Now, this is obviously at a time where we're like 16 years old. So this is very possible. Today, if I did that, I wouldn't be able to walk when I got out of the car. But, um, yeah, I mean, Miami just made a great impression on me at that moment. Uh, Coach Hake being a North Carolina guy um, definitely made me a lot more comfortable. Um, it was definitely a family atmosphere, and I felt very comfortable in my decision to, uh, to commit to the university. What were your thoughts when, uh, Coach L, when Coach L came into the job and you started playing for him? Um, initially, I mean, I didn't really know what to think. Like I didn't, I wasn't very uh, familiar with who he was. I knew about the the run that they made, um, in the tournament, uh, when he went to the final four with George Mason, but as a coach, I wasn't really aware, but honestly, for me, I was definitely looking for some type of fresh start because, you know, the four years that I had spent there with coach Hayes, I mean, it was really no consistency for me. Um, I was in and out of lineup. There was years where I only played the four. There was years where I only played the five. There was years when I played both. And for me, I never really felt like I was getting a fair shot to show who I was and how I could contribute to our team. So I was open to the idea. Um, A lot of people don't know, well, almost nobody knows, that before my senior year, because I had redshirted, I was going to transfer to Texas. And it was pretty much done. Like I had the 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 letter of intent and everything, and I, all I had to do was get my transcripts and be able to transfer. And I had already had the the conversation with Coach Hayes, like, "Hey, I'm thinking about you know going elsewhere," because you know every year we had to sign our scholarships. And when he came and they they brought it to me while we're all sitting in the meeting room, I didn't sign it, and I was like, you know, we need to have a conversation. So, wow. I mean, once he decided that he was leaving. I was like, okay, let's see who comes. Obviously, I'm going to be more comfortable staying here in Miami and not moving. But, you know, it, it definitely worked out. Did you have that conversation with Coach out. L uh, when he came in? Or when he was leaving, you're like, I'm going to stay. Yeah, I didn't have a conversation with him because when Coach L actually arrived, I was recovering from having a scope on my ankle. So I was out for that time. He wasn't really able to see me work out um, in the spring with the other guys. And then the day before um, school was about to start, I tore my ACL. So, Mm -hmm. and back then, again, a story and something that not many people know, I did that in the wellness center 
I was playing basketball with a couple of my teammates and like students in the welding center and I just uh, planted wrong and I blew my ACL. So I, I told I told the training staff, Wes Brown, who's actually on TV right now, uh, head trainer of the Miami Heat. I was like, man, I just stepped wrong. I was in the gym working out by myself and, and, it, and it just went. So I had to do that. I mean, I didn't really have a choice. Like I would have been in huge trouble otherwise. And uh, yeah, so you know, I think that's it worked out well. It. Yeah, I said if I had to do that again to stay for six years just to be able to experience that and get that championship, like I would do it for sure. Man, well, we're, no, getting, last, we're getting all the Julian stories tonight. Right? I love it. Man, no, but that last man. year you played was really like your coming out party. I mean, you were such a big piece of that team. Um, right. especially when, and especially when Reggie went down for a bit, uh, mm -hmm. and you stepped into that and you stepped into that starting role it, right. you were a huge piece of that team and we don't get as far as we do without you. So, I mean, I'm glad you didn't end up transferring. I don't want to say I'm glad you tore your ACL, but I'm glad yeah. you stuck around because we definitely, you were a massive piece of that team. So yeah, that's some I crazy that. stories. <laughs> I mean, the, the only thing I ever really wanted was a chance and I felt like I wasn't getting that. Now, if I go mm -hmm. into the game and I don't produce, that's a different story. I'm definitely not the type of player that is going to say, I need to shoot 10 or 15 shots. Like, I was never a go-to scorer in college. I very well could have been. I had good scoring games, but that just wasn't my role. And I think in that senior year, like, being an older guy and being able to be more vocal and be comfortable with being who I am, but my personality is do what it, do what it takes to help the team win. If it's screen, play defense, rebound, score, whatever, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Technical difficulties. <laughs> it's our first technical yeah. difficulties of the pod. <laughs> oh, there uh -oh. it is. Wait. Oh. It's, wait. Oh. It was there for a second. Oh, no. <laughs> Julian. Julian. There we go. Oh, wait. Oh. He comes back for a second, then it freezes. No, it's like freezing again. You there, Julian? Can you hear me? Now? Yeah, yeah we're can good. you hear me now? Yeah, we yeah. got you. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, um, I don't know how much you heard, but just my personality is is just trying to help the team, and and I feel like we're only gonna go as far as we can go together. So, you know, that was my mentality. I definitely wanted to try to be a leader in any way that I could. And I mean, looking back on it, like I even still have the ACC documentary where I gave my speech like before the ACC championship game. And I think that's for sure one of my, my best ones like of my career. Oh, man, I wish we could have found that and played that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you've been playing in Israel this last so I season? Played in Isra this past season, I played in Israel. Um, this was the conclusion of my 10th year. Um, the previous year I was in Spain. The previous two years before that I was in Italy. Italy. I was in China before that, France before that, Germany for two years, Belgium for two years, and uh, France again in my first season. So out of all those countries, I, I, I you might be a little biased because you won a championship in Italy, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. what, where was your favorite place to play? It was Italy for sure. I mean, okay. the the previous year when I played against them, which is honestly what made me fall in love with that basketball culture, because they call that city Basket City. So it's definitely like huge, huge into basketball. 
And I'm the type of guy that like, you love me if I'm on your team, but if I'm not, you're not going to like me at all. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm the guy that's, I'm a, I'm a take something to the fans. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna be tough. I'm gonna scream and yell and, you know, really show my emotion to lead my guys. And I feel like in a hostile environment, you have to be willing to be the guy that puts himself out in front of 10,000 people. If they're going to boo you, like I honestly really enjoy that. Like, especially being on the road, I just think it's a beautiful part of the game. Like, you know, teams are going to love you when you play for them and they're going to hate you when you don't. And I've, I really embraced that throughout my career. And I think that's something that definitely gives me an edge when I'm playing road games. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is this is actually a question from uh, Twitter. It's actually from Nathan. Uh, so Kane Dude 8 um, yeah. He was asking, how's your game evolved um, as you have gone to play professionally overseas? So much, man. Um, just because I've been given more opportunity and responsibility to take on more of a scoring role. Mm-hmm. Um, I've scored a lot and I actually like randomly just looked it up because I was talking to my wife about it. Like, I wonder how many points I've scored in my career. And I think it's about like a little bit over 5,000. So, mm-hmm. you know, in 10 years, like that's, that's pretty good numbers. Like in college, I don't think I, in the six years that I was there, I didn't even get to a thousand. So, you know, to take on more of a scoring role, again, more of a leadership role, and then be able to do a little bit of everything. Like, when I was in China, I literally had the opportunity and freedom to do whatever. So, I mean, I shot the threesome. You know, I was bringing up the ball, like handling the ball some, being able to pass. I mean, people were setting ball screens for me. Like, you know, just to be out there and be free and move around. Like, yeah, I'm definitely like a bully in the paint, but I can really do a little bit of everything on the basketball court. And I think, you know, one of my strongest parts of my game has been over the years, my basketball IQ and being able to know my spots, how to get to my spots, how to get other people to their spots and and things like that that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet all the time, but invaluable things that can help your team win games. Absolutely. Can I ask you too, man, like I've talked to you a little bit about this, but can you talk a little bit about like just the grind of playing overseas, like you know, because I think it can sometimes be a little bit like glorified, you know, that you're just yeah. playing ball overseas, you're making money, but like just some of the things that you kind of have to overcome and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I, we would need a whole nother show to really explain it all. Yeah. Um, But, you know, more or less in a nutshell, it is a grind because you have to just think about think about your family and imagine only getting to experience them one summer at a time. So every time you leave and you come back, your mom's a year older, your grandma's a year older, your your nephews and nieces and your friends, like everybody has gone on to do these these amazing things and you haven't been able to see them only through social media or through FaceTime. Um, even for me, you know, as my family has grown, we we go through spells where like it's best for my family to be back in the States and I'm overseas. And that's extremely difficult for me because the husband and the father I am, I'm constantly serving and taking care of my family in any way that I can. And when you kind of like take that away from me, I don't have anything to do. And at that point, I really become obsessive about like working out. I mean, I'm in the gym two hours before, I'm in the gym one hour after practice every single day because the sacrifices that I make is for my family to be able to live the life that we live. Um, Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But yeah, I mean, on your body is tough. You have to be very knowledgeable to be able to kind of take care of yourself as much as you can to understand injuries and, and how everything is connected and the things that you can do on a day-to-day basis to be able to perform because most of these teams overseas just don't have the resource to be able to have the all the cryotherapy and massage therapists and a strength coaches doing injury prevention with you every single day and a lot of the stuff that these universities have now and obviously NBA teams have. And you have to really be a professional on and off the floor. So um, – also immersing yourself in another culture. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you're living in a place where you don't speak the language at all. Israel was fantastic because so many people speak English and it felt very, very comfortable in a sense. So that part was very, very easy to adapt to. But like my very first year, I left for Miami. I signed in France and the town that I was playing in had 4,000 people. Like the, the entire town, 4,000 people. And we had 8,000 people at every game at the book back in the day. Like, that's a night and day culture shock for me where I can't even walk out my house and say, hey, where's the nearest McDonald's? Like, all of that stuff is over. So, I mean, it's an extreme culture shock for sure. But I think as the years have progressed, it's become easier for me because I've learned a little bit of each of these languages and each of these Mm -hmm. cultures going along. And I kind of take that knowledge with me um, just to be able to easier adapt to, you know, different situations. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, your, your three sons, um, you know, you, they were actually with you, you, uh, and your wife as well for a little bit. Um, you referenced yeah. that in Israel. Um, how was it having them there and how was the experience for them too? Uh, having them there was, was fantastic. I mean, again, like it's family first for me. I know that in in my life, I believe that you can only be your absolute best in one area of your life. And for me, I choose to be the absolute best husband and father. I know that I'm a very good basketball player, and I know that that pays the bills, and I give my heart and my soul to that. But I also know that if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to be with my family. And I take my job serious because of my family so that I can continue to provide for them. And being an example for three little boys that will grow up to be men one day and the way that they should carry themselves, whether they're on the floor or off the floor. So – That was, I mean, that's always going to be extremely important to me. Um, It was really good, though, because, again, like being a lot more Americanized, um, my wife still actively plays basketball whenever she can. So she practiced with the women's team over there. Actually, we literally just had one of the girls that is from Raleigh over our house that was playing on the team in Herzliya over in uh, Israel. So you just kind of see how small the basketball world is. But for, for me, it's important for her to be able to be happy and stay active and have something to do. And for our children, um, my oldest son, who's in the first grade, he was in an international school, so they spoke all English. Um, mm-hmm. And then my younger two were also in a bilingual school who had English classes. So, you know, they, they had a lot of people around that spoke English, but this was purely a luxury of living in Israel say if we lived in any other country where English isn't nearly as popular as it is in Israel, it would have for sure been a lot more difficult. So, I mean, we were very lucky to be there and they really enjoyed the experience. I mean, 
in Israel, you're not practicing two or three hours a day and practicing two times a day like you do in most countries. So we really got uh, a chance to really spend some time together. And we only lived 10 minutes from the beach. So even oh, with wow. that, like we, we were out there a lot. And they really enjoyed, you know, even my my older two sons were in a basketball team in which they got to go practice a couple of times a week. So it was, it was cool, man. I mean, being able to spend that that family time together and add another country on the list of the places that where we live together was fantastic. That's awesome. I was going to ask you, you mentioned your boys playing basketball. Uh, one of the Twitter questions from Montreal, Kane, asked about um, if your boys are into basketball and if you uh, if you would uh, want to see them play at Miami one day. Yeah, they're definitely into it. I'm actually sitting on my back porch, and you can see there this. There you go. <laughs> so this is this is not a game. This is the only the one basketball court uh, hoop that's down here. And I think upstairs in their playroom, they have, like, one of those mini shooting things where you have the smaller baskets. And my oh, oldest yeah. son got that for his birthday. So he's up there, 30 seconds, see how many baskets he can make. And nice. not even two feet away from that, there's a basketball goal hanging on the back of the door. So needless to say, the apple does not fall far from the tree. And it's even uh, kind of like a, a double-edged sword because my wife was a basketball player as well. Yeah. So they've been in it and only known that, you know, since they were born. And I think just, you know, seeing her and I play, it it's definitely grown their love for it. And I think we for sure will have some basketball players, uh, more basketball players in our family. That's awesome. Julie, can I see that that hoop one more time? <laughs> I think I think I could actually dunk on that one. Oh yeah, this is the uh the six the six foot one. I'm talking oh, about yeah. that rim. I, I think I could then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me, Anything me higher, I, I I don't think so, but me and Matt before we started the show were discussing any basketball championships that we have won in the past, and I was talking about my rec league championships back in high school. Um, but you've that obviously counts. you've obviously won some more important ones. So you you won one in Italy. Um, so what was that like, and where would you kind of compare that to your whole basketball career as far as experiences? That was that was fantastic. Um, a lot of stuff happened that year. Um, just adversity on and off the court. And I think the previous year, we were the number one team in Italy. And I think we had like a, a three-game lead on first place before they shut the season down because of COVID. Yeah. So, you know, that was tough because I knew, like, we were going to win that one for sure. So the the following season, we played in another league called the Euro Cup. And we literally went undefeated the entire season until we got to the semifinals. And it's best out of three, and we were up 1-0. Um, a week previous to this, I got a phone call, and my wife called me and said that our babysitter got COVID. So I had just left for a game, and this this really turned our world upside down because a day later, she got it. And then at the time, my youngest was weeks old, and he got it. Oh, wow. And my oldest, my oldest son got it also. My middle son, who was in the house with them the entire time, and still to this day, never got it. So he literally has like some superhero blood coursing <laughs> through his veins. But this started a very difficult month for us. The entire month of April, I wasn't allowed to go home. I had to stay in the hotel. We ended up losing this series. After we were up 1-0, we lost the second and the third game, which was just crazy. 
So to bounce back from that and then in the Italian league playoffs, we literally made history and ran the entire table. Um, we were the third seed. We swept the first round. Uh, second round, we swept the second seeded team. And then in the finals, we swept the first seeded team. So the first time in Italian league history, a team goes 10-0, and 0, run through the entire playoffs. And at the time, you know, my, my wife was home and I called her like immediately right after the game and she's like crying. And it's like, you just don't know what we went through for this. And the fact that like it happened the way that it did is like, man, it's, it's definitely something special. Um, I actually literally, what, maybe last week I got a tattoo for that. So <laughs> I have one, I have one for, well, I have two for each of my sons along with their names. And that was the most recent one that I added. I don't know if there was a way where I can put like a picture on here. Um, but yeah, oh, I just got one. It. Oh, that's awesome. Is it on your Instagram or something? It's not. Um, I put oh, up a gosh. short, I put up a short uh video, but yeah, it's um okay. I don't yeah. Is it on your Twitter? Know. Uh no, it's just on oh. my phone. I was going to say, I can have Dish pulling up. That's fine. It's actually funny you mentioned your tattoos because one of the Twitter questions he's, from Ben Kane 84 setting asked up the about, Twitter questions, like, perfectly. Yeah, literally. <laughs> ben Kane 84 asked if you go to the same tattoo artist. Like, <laughs> nope, I don't. So some uh, one guy that's actually down there uh, in the Miami area, he's probably done maybe, I would say, about 80% of my work. Um, it's a guy that I, I met while I was down there towards my, my later years. Mm -hmm. Um, but this now, um, I think really since I was in Italy from then, I try to go get one in the country where I am. So oh, not cool. only am I like, you know, getting a, uh, a tattoo, something that's important to me, but I'm getting it. Like I've gotten a tattoo in Italy. I've gotten one in Spain and I, I got three when I was in, uh, Israel this year. So I I just love it like the the artistic expression and the the different way that people are doing things in different countries. So you know I'll I'll definitely add some more. I mean I'll see where I go next and, and try to find me a tattoo shop and get in there and get some work done. What was your What was your favorite place in Israel? I've been to Israel and been kind of all traveled all around there. So just curious, like your favorite city or any spot? Well, I was I was right outside of Tel Aviv, so I was living uh -huh. in Herzliya. I mean, Herzliya uh -huh. itself was was absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's a definitely like a wealthier uh, type of city, but you know, it's a it's a little beach town where a lot of people live, and and it definitely fit my vibe a little bit more because like I like big cities, but I don't really want to live in the big city. Like if I live in Miami, I'm not gonna live in the city. I'm gonna live in Coral Gables or like I'm gonna live in Fort Lauderdale, somewhere like that. Like, I don't want to be right in the middle of it. So this was kind of perfect for me. Um, okay. Matt, any other questions? <laughs> yeah, I got a question for you, man. So I, I think I talked about this with you. I can't remember um, a while back, but so I've been training my, uh, my sister-in-law. So my wife's little sister, mm -hmm. she's in high school. She's a sophomore. You always played with this like scrappiness, like aggressiveness, right? Like you were talking about, how do yeah. I bring that out in her? How do I do that? Man, I, I wish I, yeah, I wish I knew and could give you a straight answer. I just think for me, like growing up, I always was overlooked for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, growing tall and being so tall at a young age. And, you know, I didn't really find my body and really who I was until later. So, you know, I got pushed around a little bit. I got picked on a little bit. I didn't really, you know, know how to use what I had. And once it kind of clicked for me and I started to get better and I started to get stronger and faster and more athletic, it was like, man, I've always like continued to have that chip on my shoulder. Like these are the people that didn't think that I could do this. And, you know, even for me, like I have points of reflection because I was in the ACC for six years. So I played against a lot of really, really good basketball players. And then when I line up their resume against mine of what they've been able to do professionally versus what I've been able to do, it's like you would never think that a guy that had the role that I did on my Miami team would have been playing this long, made it this far, played in the places that I played. So it's constantly a a, a, a chase of proving to myself and to everybody else that I'm worthy of all of the things that I've been able to attain. But it's literally just all by hard work. Like, I mean, I never, you know, get satisfied or rest on the accomplishments that I've done in the past. I definitely have moments of reflection where I can appreciate the journey, but at the same time know that there's so much more left to accomplish. So even for, for, for her and being so young, you have to find ways to make her uncomfortable and help her fight through that adversity so that she can feel the satisfaction of being able to overcome something that used to be difficult and now can make that easy and being disciplined enough to continue to hunger for more of that, more of that. Because, I mean, anything in life that you really want to be good at, at the top of your game, how can you ever reach perfection? There's always something else you can do, something else you can improve, and you always have to have that that introspection, you know, mindset on being able to to really think without, like, putting yourself down in a negative way. Like, man, I need to be better. Like, I need to be hungry to to be able to get more. Wow. I think you got a job as a motivational speaker after you're done playing basketball, you, Julian. We, yeah, <laughs> I think there was another question, too, that actually it's leading me. Are, have you ever thought of, like, have, well, I know you're still in your playing career, but, like, have you thought mm-hmm. of coaching, you know? Yeah, I've thought of coaching. I mean, I've done some – some motivational, like I go to camps and stuff in the summer when I can. I have guys that play. And I, I actually literally went to my son's school today. Um, and I went and sat with his first grade class for a little bit. So, I mean, I for me, I love it. I love the opportunity to be able to help someone to improve. If I can help someone to be the best version of themselves that I can be, I love to do that, to see the satisfaction. And that gives me satisfaction. It's not just like, oh, hey, I'm the one that did that or, or anything like this, but just to be able to to give back any knowledge and experience that I've gained throughout my years and be able to give that back to someone to help them have a higher starting place than I had. And I think that that's the, more or less the circle and something that I take great pride in and teaching and instilling that in people that are around me so they can do the same for the next person. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm definitely a guy that just wants to do whatever it takes to help somebody be better. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I find great satisfaction in that. And I mean, any of my teammates that I play with overseas or in college, like I'm a guy that they still call and they always can, because I, I want to be that reliable friend, that reliable brother that if you need something, you can reach out to me. And without judgment, if I can do it, I'll take care of that with no hesitation. That's awesome, man. Hey, 
we really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, when, you know, us three got together and, you know, wanted to do this show and we wanted to have former players on and stuff. You were the first guy that I really thought of. So, you know, we really appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me on. I like You're those welcome back anytime, Julian. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah, looking I had to at your dig shirts into my in collection. Yeah. yeah. So pulled out the 2013 gear. I see the the ACC championship one. That's on your left, and the this, dream so this season. Is a, this is this is the tournament championship one yeah. from 2013. And then you got so the, then you got the regular season championship shirt that's also from that season. Um, yeah, and then you've got the, the one on the, one the blanket, which took. is the one they gave out at the game. And I have a few. Okay. There's a Sweet 16 shirt from from that year that's on this blanket, but it's on the other side. And then I've got a Sweet 16 shirt. I, I have a massive collection. You, it's doubled in size from the Final Four run, but um, That's but I, we'll, we'll let we'll let you get out of here just real quick. Um, have you talked to any of the the players from this Final Four team or from Coach L? Were you following uh, the team this year before we let you get out of here? Yeah, I was following the team, and I definitely like follow majority of them. I think um, I talked to Anthony Lawrence probably the most out of all of them, but like Anthony, uh, Norchad, Nigel, Isaiah. Um, Jordan, like they're all guys that I follow. I mean, I literally stayed up uh, for that Elite Eight game until I think it was like 5.30 in the morning, like by the time it was over. And, you know, I was in there celebrating like everybody else wasn't sleeping, but I didn't care. Like my school just went to the Final Four. Y'all just going to have to be okay. And if you look on my Instagram, (laughs) if you look on my Instagram, you'll find a picture of a very prominent Texas player wearing a Miami shirt because he lost a bit. Oh, I'm going to have to find that. And we will, we will feature that on our next show next week. Uh, Please do. (laughs) And please, please tag me because every chance that I get to remind him that he wore that shirt, I will do that from now until the end of days. I will tell you, I will tell you my love for Kane's hoops has gotten so far that when we won that elite eight game, I was on my living room floor crying because I was so happy. Um, yeah, and me, myself, me and, and Matt and Vish all met up and we were all at the final four in Houston to watch that because none yeah. of us were missing that. So, and you guys in 2013 kind of laid that groundwork because that was the first time that you could really get really excited about Kane's hoops. And so that's what right. we've all kind of been waiting for since that time. And we talked a lot about that 2012, 2013 team when we were in Houston. So y'all laid that groundwork. So it, it was pretty yeah. fitting to have you as our first former player on the show. So we thank you so much for coming on Julian. Yeah, I appreciate it. I was on FaceTime with uh, Quick Tar, James Dudes, and Jack McClinton were all down there, and I was FaceTiming them like, yo, what's happening? What's happening? I'm texting them during the game. Like, they probably can't even watch because I was super excited. Well, you're going to have to catch the show. You're going to have to catch the show next week because we're going to do a all-time Kane Hoops draft and draft like all-time. Each of us are going to draft a starting lineup. Of, Don't worry, like, Julian. I got, I got you. So I got you, Julian. You'll probably be a first-round pick, Julian. <laughs> that, that sounds great to me. The first time in my life I'll be a first round pick, and that's all right. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's awesome. Hey, man. Well, we appreciate it. Um, I'm sure I'll talk Absolutely. to you soon. Um, yes, enjoy the time with the fam, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so all much, right. Julian. Have a good night. Have a good one. Thank you. Don't cry. Keep it chill. Wear good socks. Oh.